What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Friday, February 24, 2023. It's about 125, close to 130 in the afternoon here on the East Coast of the United States. This is Hot Topics, and I have two today. One is Ukraine, and the other is the uh, Alex Murdoch, uh murder trial. First on Ukraine, uh, sometimes, as you know, uh, you, you guys can can message me during the show, and sometimes we get hundreds, even thousands of these, and one of them has come through that has caught my attention, and it basically says, Biden should tell us how many U.S. troops he is willing to sacrifice on World War III since he's taking us there. That is a great question. I wish that the Defense Department would tell us, first, how many U.S. troops are there. We know approximately how many U.S. troops are in Poland. It's 40,000. Uh, it includes about 10,000 paratroopers from the 101st Airborne in North Carolina are now uh, in Poland. But we don't know how many uh, troops are on the ground in Ukraine, either in uniform or out of uniform. Colonel McGregor and uh, Scott Ritter, uh, Scott will be on in a few hours. Colonel McGregor was on the other day and, of course, will be with us again next week, uh, have told us that American troops are out of uniform. Um, some crazy theory so that President Biden can say we don't have troops on the ground. I think this is nuts because the Geneva Convention protections uh, require that you wear a uniform and have a recognizable insignia on the uniform. So putting American troops out of uniform is highly dangerous. You've heard me talk about this. Uh, even though I, I am of the view that Russia is going to win this war and, and America is merely uh, extending it by providing military support. And uh, America shouldn't be doing that because we don't have a dog in the fight, because Russia does not pose one iota of danger to the United States. It doesn't mean that I'm without feeling for Ukraine and Russian loss. I mean, who's dying? Young men, young conscripts or young uh, volunteers, old men. Uh, wage war, young men fight war, and young men die. Thousands of Ukrainian soldiers have disappeared. No sign of their bodies. Uh, the Wall Street Journal is reporting this this morning, uh, that Ukrainian authorities don't know if their bodies have been destroyed, if they're still alive and they've been captured uh, by uh, the Russians, or if they've just been e evaporated somehow in the detritus, the, the aftermath, the dirt and foul and filth uh, that uh, is residual on the ground after a battle. But there are thousands of young men, Ukrainian young men, whose bodies, or if alive, whose whereabouts is are totally unknown to Ukrainian authorities uh, and to their uh, folks back home. While this is happening, the United States is sending 200 
uh, American soldiers to Taiwan? 200? First of all, that is such a small number. There's only 200 there now. So I don't know what 400 troops are going to do if the Chinese decide that they want to take Taiwan. But Joe Biden has said, we will fight this war. Here we go again. The, the, the person who sent the message in a few minutes ago that I just read is quite correct. Old Joe is leading us to World War III in Ukraine. He also wants to lead us, I guess, to World War III in Taiwan. I think he wants to run for re-election as a wartime president, like his heroes, uh, Abraham Lincoln and Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if timing is of the essence here, because for him to be a wartime president, these wars would have to get started pretty soon. Hence the demonization of the Chinese, and hence the continued uh, demonization uh, of, of the Russians. A lot more troops uh, in Eastern Europe. Uh, than in uh, Taiwan. China, meanwhile, uh, is calling for a Russia-Ukraine ceasefire. And are you ready for this? Has offered to mediate. Now, I've mediated a lot of disputes in my uh, years as a judge, but I was the neutral. Obviously, I was the judge. I didn't have an interest in the outcome. I wasn't secretly siding with one of the two parties. How the hell could anybody uh, take China seriously that they want to mediate the dispute between Russia and Ukraine when they are supplying Russia with whatever it needs, whether it's cash, whether it's gold, which obviously works on the international uh, markets, uh, or whether it's uh, it's armaments. Um, it just doesn't make sense, but that's the, the latest out of uh, China this morning. U.S. sending 200 troops to Taiwan, God have mercy on them. China's saying, stop the fighting, let us be the mediator. I can't imagine that Ukraine would take China seriously. Uh, Dmitry Medvedev, do you remember that name? He's the uh, uh, Putin puppet who was the president uh, of Russia when the Russian constitution had term limits. So uh, Putin was elected president twice and couldn't be reelected. Dmitry Medvedev came in for four years, and then Putin was elected and reelected and reelected, and they got rid of the clause, uh, the term limits, and the Russian constitution. But Dmitry Medvedev is in the Putin government. He's a Putin ally slash puppet. He is the vice chair of the Russian equivalent of our um, National Security Council. So the head of the military, the head of the intelligence services, et cetera, would sit in that council. You would think that when he speaks... He's speaking on behalf of the government. What he said yesterday is absolutely chilling, absolutely chilling. Russia intends to liberate all of Ukraine, even to the Russian border, even to the Polish border, and will capture some of Poland if necessary. Now, even if that's their plans, I don't know why they'd say it. I don't know what justification there possibly could be morally, legally to take any of Poland. Uh, this is exactly what the president of Poland wants to hear because he wants to strike at the Russians before they get anywhere near his border. And of course, a strike at Poland, which is a full-fledged member uh, of NATO, would certainly trigger Article 5, which is the uh, defense mechanisms of all the NATO countries, uh, including the United States. At the same time that President Medvedev said this, the president of Poland once said he wanted to see Crimea liberated, which is a military impossibility. It's filled with Russian speakers and has been part of Russia for 
300 years, was recaptured without a shot being fired uh, by the Russians uh, right around uh, the time of or a little bit after the coup uh, that threw out the pro-Russian Ukrainian president, that's the American coup, the CIA-fomented coup in 2014. Anyway, the Polish president said uh, that the Polish prime minister, they have a system with a president and a prime minister, uh, has delivered leopard tanks to uh, Ukraine. Now, leopard tanks are German tanks. According to Colonel McGregor, who spent 40 years in the military uh, in charge of tanks, these are better tanks than the American Abrams tank. They don't require as much maintenance and they don't break down uh, as frequently. Uh, but these tanks uh, have already been delivered by the Germans to the Poles, by the Poles uh, to, uh, to the Ukraines. Um, the, the Daily Mail, which is a very interesting website if uh, you, you want a website that looks at the world a little differently. It's a British website. Says that the Americans are prepared to spend 113 billion. Now the number the Congress approved was 100 billion. There's always what they call rounding errors in there because the price of equipment changes. So there may be a little buffer zone in there. But basically, uh, President Biden has a blank check for 100 billion. The Daily Mail says it's 113 billion. What's a few billion between friends? Friends that are killing each other. I'm being a little snarky here, uh, and that the president has spent 48 billion already. The remaining billion, the difference between 48 and 100, or 48 and 113, whatever the true number is, is his to spend however he wants without monitoring uh, by any um, uh, inspector general. The inspector general proposals in the House of Representatives and the Senate were never, never brought to a vote. So the situation remains very volatile uh, in Ukraine. This morning, the American Secretary of the Army said, tanks, forget about it for a year. We're building them. Now, if the tanks don't get there for a year, I would like to think that Colonel McGregor and Scott Ritter are right. The war will be over in a year, and the Russians will have declared victory. It may not be the total victory that they had hoped for, but it'll be enough of the Russian-speaking areas in the east uh, out of which they will have repelled uh, the Ukrainian government. But waiting a year for these tanks uh, is a year too late and far too little uh, to help the Ukrainians. Alex Murdoch, uh, this is the lawyer on trial for the double murder, He's been indicted for blowing the heads off of his uh, wife and one of his sons, uh, made the very uh, risky decision that under the law only a defendant can make. His lawyers can't make it for him. They can advise him, but they can't make the decision to testify. In fact, in a criminal case, uh, when it's time for the defense to present their case, uh, the judge puts the jury out of the courtroom and personally interrogates. I've done this many times. The defendant saying, do you understand that you don't have to testify? Yes, I do, Your Honor. You understand that if you don't testify, I will tell the jury that they can construe nothing from your silence, that you have an absolute right to remain silent, that there's no obligation for you to testify. Yes, I understand that. You also understand if you testify, the prosecutors over there get to cross-examine you. Yes, I understand that. And do you understand that when they cross-examine you, they can ask you about anything? 
even things that you didn't testify about in your direct examination, anything that would affect whether or not the jury will believe you. Yes, I understand that. Having heard all that, is it still your decision to testify? Yes, it is. And then the court asks defense counsel, are you satisfied that he knows what he's doing and testifying? Yes, we are. To the prosecutors, are you satisfied that he knows what he's doing and testifying? Uh, yes, we are. The reason you have that Q&A is because of the Sixth Amendment, which guarantees you uh, defense of counsel uh, in a case where you could go to jail for more than a year. A defense means a competent defense. And a competent defense means that the lawyers have advised their client of the risk of testifying. Now, Murdoch himself is a lawyer, not a criminal lawyer, but a lawyer. But he understands, I think, what he's doing. So he took the stand. I watched a lot of it yesterday and a little bit of it today. Some of it is very, very emotional. In my view, he clearly and convincingly denied, believably, credibly denied killing his wife and son. Watch. And in the interview of August 11th, did you tell Agent Owen and Agent Craw, did you lie to them by telling them that you were not down at the kennels on that night? Yes. Alec, why did you lie? As my addiction evolved over time, I would get in these situations or circumstances where I would get paranoid thinking. Uh, And it it could be anything that that triggered it. It might be a look somebody gave me. It might be a reaction somebody had to something I did. I wasn't thinking clearly. I don't think I was capable of reason. And I lied about being down there. And I'm so sorry that I did. Most of all, I'm sorry to Mags and Pawpaw. I would never intentionally do anything to hurt either one of them. Mags and Pawpaw are family nicknames uh, for his wife and son, whose brains literally uh, were blown out uh, by a shotgun fired uh, at a close range. I think that's a credible and convincing denial. I mean, that's just uh, 65 or 70 seconds. He testified for five or six hours on direct, another uh, three or four hours yesterday on cross, uh, and now uh, today, almost all day on cross-examination. We'll analyze the cross-examination for you on Monday. From what I have seen, the prosecutor is coming off as a jackass, uh, and Alex is not being shuck, uh, shaken at all in in his uh, story. Um, he did give very varied versions to the police at the scene of where he was and what he was doing. Uh, his reference to his addiction is the well known to the jury and to the, those watching the trial. Uh, addiction that he has to painkillers from some accident he had. The doctor gave him painkillers and he got addicted to them. And then he started stealing them. And then he started stealing money to pay for illegal painkillers. And this, of course, changes and deranges your mind as well. So in order to take the witness stand and say, I didn't kill my wife and son, he had to admit that he lied to the police. He also had to admit, and he did admit it, that he stole three and a half million dollars in cash 
from the trust accounts of his law firm. It's not law firm money. This is client money that the law firm was holding for him. He's been indicted. He's been indicted for those thefts, and now he's already admitted them. It's a very emotional, very difficult, very complex uh, examination uh, for the lawyers because they have to get him to admit that he lied to the police a crime, uh, that he committed the crimes for which he's going to be tried as soon as this trial is over. But in, in order to get on the witness stand and say, I didn't kill my wife and I didn't kill my son, I would never do it, which you just heard him say, he has to admit to other crimes. Uh, from my perspective, uh, fascinating and complex, more as we get it. Uh, Scott Ritter at three o'clock today, Friday, February uh, 24, on Judging Freedom on the latest uh, in Ukraine. And, and something for all of you that are watching us now, why, why I'm so happy. Because of you. Because yesterday, Judging Freedom crossed the threshold of 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's not because of me. That's because of you. It's because of your faith in our show. It's only been around for 17 months. That puts us in the elite. If I were a quarterback, I'd be up there with hmm, Tom Brady. All right, let me not get carried away. But it does put us in the uh, elite category. This is this is YouTube's phrase, not Judge Napolitano's phrase, in the elite uh, category of podcasts, all because of you, because of your consistent devotion to our show. What do I promise in return? More of the same and even better. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.